we are out here with crawfish boil oh yeah this is my favorite dish in the entire world i know hands down that i would pick vietnamese cajun boiled crawfish above anything else if you've ever been invited to a vietnamese potluck then you've heard of the viet cajun crawfish boil this dish is amazing mainly because you can add oranges that's right oranges Live crawfish are boiled in a spice blend, then cooled down and thrown into one of the biggest pots you'd ever encounter, which is filled with the boiling sauce. The sauce is usually made with lots of butter, diced garlic cloves, orange wedges, and lemongrass stalks. The result is crawfish that's full of flavor inside and outside the shell. The flavor is especially immaculate with corn ears and red tomatoes, I mean red potatoes. And oranges add a bright citrusy notes that are completely unexpected yet naturally pairs with the garlic and cayenne pepper and other spices. Now crawfish is not a usual dish that people in Vietnam eat. However, boiling seafood is a common social activity among the Vietnamese people. To me, Viet Cajun crawfish is as significant to family gatherings as the American roast turkey on Thanksgiving. This is because whenever my family comes together, crawfish boil is the staple dish. For instance, I have extended family in Houston, and whenever my family and I visit, my cousins always cook up the freshest and spiciest pot of this dish um, with chilled bottles of Heineken for everyone because beer with seafood is a must. In Vietnam, we call this nhau, and nhau means to eat, drink, and chit-chat. My cousins would wake up early and buy pounds of crawfish and finish cooking right before breakfast time in celebration of having our family together again. In Asian culture, our meals consist of the main meat dish with many side vegetables so that everyone can pick and eat whatever they like. You can see this a lot in Korean, Japanese, and Chinese restaurants if you ever decide to eat at one. One aspect to why Asians eat so little is because it's healthier. Most Asian lifestyles tend to extend extends one's lifespan because of their eating habits. Another reason is because eating till you're full gives off kind of like a bad image, like of being lazy. Once traditional Asian meals are finished, everyone is expected to clean up and the youngest are assigned to clean the dishes. So if someone just sits on the couch after eating and they're really full and they don't offer to help, then undoubtedly there will be a lot of gossip that night. This is why Viet Cajun crawfish boil is such a great potluck dish. Many Vietnamese people prefer to pick at their food, peel with their fingers and eat because they won't get too full easy and the work and the work rewards the consumer with delicious flavor. How is Vietnamese food different from any other dish? It's simple and there is no mystery to its recipes. Preparation is simple. The process is mostly quick. The cooking methods are straightforward. And another distinction is that personal ovens are scarce in Vietnam. You might ask, well, how do they make their famous sandwich banh mi? Well, most Vietnamese people do not bake their own baguette. In fact, it's cheaper and more convenient to buy baguettes from street vendors and also because yeasted dough is hard to master. 
We prefer to watch our food cooked, deep fried, steamed, slow braised, grilled, barbecued, or tossed in the flame. What is the most distinct feature is our emphasis on freshness. Because Vietnam has bountiful seas, seafood is especially integral part of the Vietnamese diet. When the French Indochina War broke out in 1946, which went on for eight years, um, the French War was largely backed by the United States. With their shattering defeat by the Viet by Viet Minh in May 1954, the French came to the came to their end rule in Indochina. The battle prodded negotiators at the Gianna Conference to produce the final Gianna Accords in July 1954. The Accords established the seventeenth seventeenth parallel as a temporary dividing line separating the military forces of the French and the Viet Minh. North of the line was the Democratic Republic of Vietnam, or North Vietnam, which waged a successful eight-year struggle against the French. The North was under full control of the Workers' Party, or Vietnamese Communist Party, led by Ho Chi Minh. In the South, the French transferred most of their authority to the state of Vietnam, which had its capital at Saigon and was nominally under the authority of the former Vietnamese Emperor, Emperor Bao Dai. The Vietnamese citizens had to uproot themselves and start over with nothing in 1954, with their country divided into North and South, and they, as the Catholic minority living in Vietnam ran from the communist rule that took over in the North. In 1975, at the end of the Vietnam War, several thousand Vietnamese refugees left the country as communists were moving into Saigon. Everyone would get out and move to a different country, some settled in the Gulf Coast region. Later that fall, as communists settled in Saigon, it was a lot harder for Vietnamese to live, to leave. If they were caught, they were sent to prison. When thousands left Indochina after the end of the Vietnam War, many ended up in Louisiana. However, because of the Hurricane Katrina in 2005, about 9,000 Vietnamese Americans moved from Louisiana to Houston. Another wave of Vietnamese Americans left Orange County, California because of the 2008 financial crisis, with property values getting too high and jobs becoming more competitive. For the children of those refugees, the Gulf Coast bordered by seafood-rich wetlands was a second homeland. Some of these immigrants established themselves in the region's seafood economy as crabbers, shrimpers, and seafood retailers, which are occupations they had, they had held, sorry, they had held in Vietnam. Since their arrival, Vietnamese Americans' presence in the Gulf Coast fishing and seafood industry has grown. One expert on Louisiana seafood industry claims that 90% of the state's seafood market owners are of Vietnamese descent. Beyond harvesting and selling seafood, Vietnamese American residents of the Gulf Coast also adopted spicy boiled crawfish into their diets. The Vietnamese saw their culture very close to Louisiana as well as the French influence in the crawfish boiled dish thus influencing their decision to remake it and come up with the concept. 
rice, crawfish, and spice was already very close together, so a crossover was not surprising. Now, Houston has the second largest Asian community outside of Orange County. On the Boiling Crab Restaurant's website, the owner explains that it all began in a little southeastern Texas town called Sea Drift, where he and his family worked as shrimpers and crabbers. In 2001, he moved from the Gulf Coast to Orange County. In 2004, he opened his first Boiling Crab Restaurant in Little Saigon. Its popularity inspired establishments of copycat restaurants that catered to Vietnamese Americans. During the past decade, a dozen Vietnamese American-owned seafood restaurants have opened in had opened in the neighborhood known as Little Saigon, which is shared by adjoining cities of Garden Grove and Windmister of California. These restaurants have names like the Crawdaddy, the Rocking Crawfish, the Cajun Corner, which evoked which evoked the Gulf Coast and the seafood cuisine for which that Vietnam is known for. Since 2004, the division of the Vietnamese American seafood restaurants to California and nationally has created additional markets for red swamp crawfish. Crawfish is typically enjoyed from the beginning of January to July, especially during Lent because the majority of Vietnamese are Catholic. While they observe Meatless Friday, they come together and enjoy crawfish at some of their favorite restaurants. Living by the coast gave them the opportunity to do something they were already familiar with. With climate and proximity to the water, many people took to the Gulf Coast. Not only that, living by the Gulf Coast, not only that, living by the Gulf Coasts, there were ports that where a lot of ingredients that are typical in Asia or come readily available from the supermarket helps people feel closer to home. Vietnamese and Vietnamese American fishermen represent almost two-thirds of the Southeast Louisiana commercial shipping shrimping fleet. In the aftermath of the BP oil catastrophe in 2010, Vietnamese and the Vietnamese American Louisiana residents have felt that their needs were ignored and sometimes openly rejected by policymakers and politicians. This marked the fourth time after the Katrina catastrophe where they had lost everything and had to start over. Monetary compensation became the quick fix approach used by the British Petroleum and the federal and state actors to address the fishermen problem. The promise of a check was meant to satisfy fisher folk in the near term, allowing the company to walk away with no recourse, debt repaid, recovery complete. Unlike Katrina, which hit the land hardest, BP completely rearranged the Gulf of Mexico and the Louisiana coast from hosting one of the most vibrant vibrant fishing economies in the world, Louisiana, Louisiana fisher folk were suddenly without jobs for months on end. Zhu Bin, a leader among the Vietnamese and Vietnamese American fishermen, confirms this saying, they, they spilled on us like we weren't even there.
like they didn't see us. They were compensating us like we don't matter. A lucky few were retained by BP and paid what when and paid whether they left the dock or not. However, in the Gulf, the work was grueling and dangerous, covering areas of the spill in groups, deckhands, and captains alike sprayed cortex. Corex. 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 A chemical dis- dispersant across the oil patch for hours on end. Workers regularly ended up in the emergency room, pointing to silver dollared sized boils covering their necks and hands and wincing in pain as doctors do nothing, unable to treat either the calluses or the symptoms. Many fishermen suffered either the complete lack of income or, given the opportunity to earn money, are now suffering the bodily consequences. My policy solution is to educate and raise awareness of the disastrous effects of the BP oil spill to America's Asian American, to America's Asian American community by contacting the representatives of the Union of Vietnamese Student Association of the Southeast and encouraging them to share their stories of how their parents were affected through social media or how their friends and families were affected. Another policy I would recommend is to advocate petitions for the British Petroleum to do more for the communities that were affected than to just send a small paycheck. A personal choice to improve the issue um, is to rely on Vietnamese American environmental law organizations that addresses concerns over claims, um, seek temporary work, and navigate the legal language of compensation to local organizations. Um, for example, um, Tuan Nguyen, provides like a glimpse into how the community how its community is mobilizing to face these challenges he's a he's the deputy director of the Mary Queen of Vietnam Community Development Corporation Corporation established after Katrina and serves on the rapid response team created by Cal after the oil disaster and those on the team, or along with others on the team, he's been crisscrossing the region, meeting with fishermen and others, not just Vietnamese, to assess their needs and gather testi- testimonies, answering questions, and advocating on their behalf. They, success- they successfully gained the ear of the BP official Larry Thomas, who, among other things, has approved of hiring qualified and trained bilingual interpreters. The hope is that grass-rooted organizations will sprout up elsewhere to help meet the growing and often different community needs. Another organization has already been formed in Billyox, Mississippi, an area that is home to about 5,000 Vietnamese Americans. The Mississippi Coalition of Vietnamese American Fisher Folk and Families, led by volunteers, is hoping to step in where New Orleans organizations logistically can't.
The Vietnamese and Vietnamese Americans have proved to everyone that they are resilient, proud, active people who contribute to their own livelihood. They created a self-reliant community where their own local businesses thrived. From that came the Viet Cajun crawfish. From its community being knocked down by its own Vietnamese government, natural and man-made disasters, and by policymakers, gives birth to the Viet Cajun crawfish dish. Thank you for listening. This was Katie Dang.